One day, an entire world woke up in a civilization destroyed, with no memory of what brought them to their demise. For 2,000 years, the people rebuilt, from the first communities banding together to fight the monsters in the dark, to bustling technomantic metropolises. Against this backdrop, the ordinary folk played out their extraordinary lives. These are their stories. This is the Chronicles of Styropos. gang how's it going hi oh hi hey uh season one finale how are you feeling i think that's the first like i know it was like a mini campaign but it's the first campaign i've actually completed so that was quite exciting that's true actually same hmm. wow all my others are still ongoing or just like depressingly sidetracked with no sign of restarting that's dnd hmm yeah, no, I've I've done I've done a campaign before, start to finish. It was a short campaign as well. No, you did um the one I DM'd as well. Oh yeah, I've done two. We finished two in total. One by me and one by Alex. Yeah, I thought that might be like more than average for the average D D player. I think most people are in the same situation as Simon and Serena. The average campaign probably just kind of fizzles out. I don't know, like if I'm not sure I can actually have an average when I've only had two campaigns. Well, there is that. But there's some people who play for years and probably still never finish a campaign. You see, I always think the best part of a campaign is the ending, when you get to like get all the emotions in and make people cry and people die. Spoilers, if you haven't listened to the <laughs> end of season one, don't listen to this episode. Yeah, so if you're listening to the end of series one review and you haven't listened to the end of series one, maybe... I think at that point it's on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not tagging this with spoilers. Like, if you listen to shit in the wrong order, that's your own problem. Still bitter with JK Rowling for damn spoilers, though. She spot her own books. Have I ranted to you guys about this yet? No. No. So, we, I was reading Order of the Phoenix because I was a little bit younger, and I hadn't quite started them early enough. So I was reading Order of the Phoenix when Half-Blood Prince came out, and we went to go to the shop to get it, and my brother was reading, decided to read the blurb out loud in the car on the way back after they bought it. And the first thing of the blurb was like, after the death of Sirius Black, blah, blah, blah. And I hadn't got to that point yet. And it was just like, how fucking dare you? Because who doesn't read the blurbs for like the whole series before they've like... I think that's on your brother more than anything. Yeah, like, I don't uh, know. Like, he should have read ahead and decided not to. Also, I think they've got away from like proper blurbs. The like, you read the back of books now, and it's like two sentences that tell you absolutely nothing, and a review from the Evening Standard. It's like I don't care what the person who read it from the Standard thinks, and I want to know a little bit more than just like two random sentences that could apply to any book ever. Well, a lot of them have like moved blurbs into the front cover, and they just on the back it's literally just reviews. I picked up the Priory of the Orange Tree recently, and the blurb oh, of yeah. that is just like. Stunning, breathtaking, a world like you've never imagined. I'm like, well, what is it about? <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell like, me that. a little bit of the plot. Meanwhile, I was reading the blurb to the... What's the second Farseer book? Oh, um, the Assassin... The Royal Assassin? Yeah, I was reading it. I was maybe like halfway through and it literally like told me of a thing that happened more than halfway through the book. I was like, that hasn't happened yet. Like, I'm being spoiled from what I'm currently reading by the blurb. This is why I refuse to watch any Marvel trailer ever. And if I'm at the cinema for one Marvel film and there's, they're playing the trailer for the next one that hasn't come out yet, I 
put my hands over my ears and shut my eyes and go blah 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 blah, blah so I can't hear it because they always include some form of spoiler or other even if it's just like a sh- cool shot or something and I don't need it because I'm invested and I know I'm going to go see him. You've already got my money. Don't buy me again. Yeah. Thor, the third Thor, Thor film. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Thank you. Spoiled the Hulk reveal in the trailer when it was <laughs> like, oh, who's he going to be fighting in this big arena thing? Oh, we know who it is because we've seen the fact that like the Hulk comes out of the door. It was I'm pretty sure they do the like, I'm pretty sure that trailer does the, like, he's a friend from work. Yeah. Anyway, we should we should talk about our podcast rather than Marvel Properties. I'm going to say, this is Alex and Serena have strong feelings about blurbs <laughs> that don't say enough and blurbs that say too much. Simon, any strong feelings on this? I, I don't have particularly hot takes on blurbs. Sorry, I feel like I, I should would not have something have to said that the, the takes that Serena and I have are particularly hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly a burning issue, is it? Back to my original point, which was that I like ending campaigns because I think that the ending of a story is often the best part of the story, especially when you're allowed to kill off your players and make them cry when their mum calls them directly after. <laughs> Did that bit make it into the final edit, Alex? No, I didn't. Oh. Oh. I thought about putting it in, but I thought, nah. I, I foolishly muted so that I wouldn't interrupt him when my mum phoned me. But if you if you if I hadn't have muted myself, you would have heard me go, Mom, I just died. Little question then, guys. What was your favorite moment in series one? But I want to talk to the ants. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. I was I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I mean, that did make us laugh so hard that it took about twenty minutes to get that one sentence out. So. I genuinely had achy abs the next day. Because I laugh so much. An wow. awful lot of Serena trying to say... I glue sticks to my eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. Just just completely failing to get like the most basic sentences out. Of- I couldn't even say individual words. We all had to turn our cameras off. Yeah, again, a little peek behind the curtain for the listeners at home. We did have to all mute ourselves and turn our cameras off so that Serena could get that sentence out. That was, that was something yeah. that happened. It doesn't quite come across when, when, because Alex did a great job editing it to make me sound vaguely like, like have some brains in there. Um, and so it's. We've been for the whole series. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, it's quite weird when you listen to it without the context of the fact that there was about half an hour of me lying on the floor in fits of laughter because my voice sounds really weird but you don't really have the context for why it sounds so freaking weird i tried to keep a couple of you like your you mistakes did, yeah. in there so that it at least like doesn't sound like you just go I- there is sticks. <laughs> honestly i sound like i sound almost constipated <laughs> my voice could sound constipated that's that's how it sounds it's, it was very strange. I think one of my other favourite moments was uh, Arnie and me both rolling stupidly well to just yeet myself up onto yes! a balcony. <laughs> I can't remember what the exact roles were, but we both were like in the 20s. It was over so. 20, oh, yeah. yeah. What have you got, like a 25 and a 23 or something? Yeah, because I mean, like yeah, my acrobatics is like plus six. So yeah, it was just, yeah. And it was just like the most like, well, this shouldn't work, but fuck it, it does. Yeah, all those like well thought out plans where I was gonna disguise myself and like sneak in and like and all of those failed for various reasons, partly because my dice were really against me, and then you freaking just turn up and just backflip your way onto the balcony and just like have a chat to my girlfriend. Yeah. 
Like, you have a pretty much a whole episode of you pretending to be the blacksmith, trying to fix the windows, talking. You have a whole skill challenge to get away from, from the angry dad. And all we need to do is just, like, yeet the elf. <laughs> and actually, to be honest, that skill challenge was my favourite moment for Caleb from Series 1. Yeah. Like, yeah. the the answer's my favourite moment overall, but my favourite Caleb moment was because, like the, the skill challenge when I was trying to pretend to be someone and have a conversation with someone who knew the person I was pretending to be and just trying to desperately extricate myself from it. Yeah. I also really liked the post-Dal conversation where we, I mean, you cut down a lot of our blabbering, but we spent at least an hour. No, it was about half an hour. It was half an no, hour, not, yeah. not in like, in, and that was in, in like episode time, but I'm pretty sure in real time we spent like 45 minutes to an hour discussing what to do if Dahl decides to go to this thing and we didn't even think to check whether he was even going and he wasn't even <laughs> freaking going none of us did an insight check like what I was just really hopeful you were going to go with the plan where Kalith was going to disguise herself as her father or something and then I was just going to have both of them turn up and do the Spider-Man meme finger pointing <laughs> thing. Yes. so I didn't want to tell you that I'd already decided he wasn't turning up because I just thought it would be so much funnier if that happened. Also, Hannah, it's not like you have a bad experience of me disguising myself as major NPCs in your um, games before. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, for a tale from the table. Are we allowed to use that? That's from a podcast we listen to. I think it's fine. What are they going to sue us? We don't make any money from this, by the way. Just, just yeah, don't sue us for copyright reasons. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. Isn't there like free use clauses or something in most intellectual property law? I also don't think you can like you can really copyright tales from the table. And that's really you know. Like I, don't, I also don't think that people like halflings are particularly litigious, but you never know. <laughs> Good word. I like that word. Thank you. Shout out to Three Black Halflings, by the way. They are a very very good podcast. Oh, they're so fun. Um, anyway, so uh, that's a little one from a, a good home game me and Simon played one time where he was in the middle of a heist and he decided to disguise himself as the host of the party just in time for the host of the party to show up and make an announcement about his upcoming his upcoming marriage. So they were two of them and Simon was trying to convince everyone he was the real host. And it, oh God, it was just a nightmare. And then his girlfriend committed war crimes. It was really, it was such a stressful game. It's more, more, um, uh, yeah, a moment of like civilian terrorism, I think. Yeah. Thunderwave is a real spell when you're dealing with commoners, everybody. Yeah, because commoners <laughs> have four HP or six HP or something. Is that right? Yeah. So if you thunderwave a lot of commoners, and some of them also because they then get pushed back and they fall off quite a high balcony, you kill a lot of people. Actually, in the penultimate episode of the podcast, going back to the podcast, I think I was like one hit point away from killing quite a lot of orcs because I cast thunderwave in a big crowd and they had one hit point left when I rolled my uh, my damage. Like that would have been that true. quite a lot of elves, quite a lot of orcs to have killed. I feel like Barbie at that point might have been like. <laughs> you are now a mass murderer, you've darling. You've killed you know? my brother and my cousin, and now you've just like killed a bunch of my people. Hmm. Yeah, your family slaughtered a bunch of my family, and now you personally have actually like committed serial like murder. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be serial because it's not; it's all at once, not in a row. Be like mass murder. Yeah. Okay. Well, we didn't do that. Thanks. All right. So, any other favorite moments to uh to bring in? 
Well, I do have a, a question for the DM, if I can, you know, peek behind the curtain. Go. Which is that, in the end, it turned out that Bobby's husband that she was to be married to was actually, like, a pretty reasonable guy. And we just, like, assumed that he was a massive dick. Was there anything, like, was there any way that we were supposed to, like, find that out? Or, like, should we have just, like, just gone and chatted to some people and come to an amicable agreement and not killed a lot of orcs? Because I feel like some of my favourite moments were all the stupid stuff that we did, like, sneaking into orc compounds and knocking a child unconscious, which was <laughs> just, you know, Arnie's chaos. And I was like, actually, maybe we could have just had a nice chat and a cup of tea and sorted it all out. What a short series, though, wouldn't it? I'd... I'd, gr- I'd- very thankfully deleted that from my memory and now you brought it up again and now I feel so much shame. So in terms of what you were supposed to find out, there was quite a lot of opportunities that you either didn't take or rolled like absolute hot trash. Um, And I think that a couple of things would be Barvi's family were dickheads. Like her father especially was a dickhead. Um, Her mum would have been quite nice. Um, and obviously there was her cousin who sort of turned on you last minute as well. Um, yeah. Her family were a lot about, you know, making good impressions and looking good for the other clan. But actually the other, the guys from the other clan were really a lot more chill. Yeah, it's just I remember with the cousin, we almost like we had the opportunity to find stuff out about her and then didn't when Alex rolled badly on that perception roll through the tent. But like with the other clan, I'm not even sure of like, the opportunity that we missed maybe just if we made other decisions well, I don't we know. had the plan for a long time to go to the party that we ended up abandoning if we'd gone there because we could have interacted with some of them then yeah that's fair that was one of the places and the other hint i was trying to give you was um that they were kind of taking in the the people who needed something to eat and somewhere to stay yeah and actually if you had spoken to them a bit more um you would have seen that that was pretty, you know, it was pretty common and they were pretty chill, nice dudes. Um, And I kind of gave you the hint that there was a bit of tension between the two clans, that one of them was hiding a lot from the other one. um, And, you know, it might have given you reason to consider why they were hiding so much from the pretty chill dudes, because the pretty chill dudes would not have been okay (laughs) with what ended up happening. I noticed none of that (laughs) at that moment over our heads (laughs) yeah Yeah. i did give you the hint if you remember when you went in that Mm. there seemed to be a bit of tension between the orcs from the two clans but yeah you you rolled pretty badly to work that out yeah i like that barvi's family and kayla's family kind of mirror each other where like the dad was a kind of but we didn't have a lot of of, uh, interaction with him but he was kind of a you know, overbearing, kind of slightly obnoxious guy, and the mum's a bit kind of useless, and, like, the brother who's brash and big and, you know, wants to fight everyone, and then, you know, the daughter who's kind of a bit of a rebel. Like, I kind of like that there's a lot of parallels there. Yeah, it was sort of intentional, and it was kind of supposed to be, like, people are people, whatever kind of person they are, and a lot of the time, those people are dickheads. (laughs) Um, I have another question. Okay. Behind the curtains, DM. Oh my. I want to know the tea with Drud. What was the tea? Drud? Yeah. Yeah, I want to know was, that. Like, what, like... There was, like, Kayleth was skirting around trying to mend fences or whatever it was and not yeah, actually what knowing was what the, the problem was. What was, what was the drama? I want to know. What was the history there? 
Indeed, I don't necessarily want to tell you that in oh. case we do another story set in a similar time period and it comes up then. Mm. We play the ballad of Drud and whoever the whoever came, <laughs> whoever the Bobby's dad was. <laughs> I'll, I'll play Drud. <laughs> Drud and his apprentice doll. <laughs> well, the the fact is that you know Drud was probably 50 or so i don't know how long orcs live but there's no reason that you shouldn't come across him as a teenager if we went back in time or there's no reason that you can't come across him later as an adult you know that orc clan i've got other plans for other stories that involve that same orc clan so i'm a little hesitant to give you too much information on that okay so so watch this space I had a question on that as well, which is um, you in your obviously DM mind palace know so much more about what's going on than the rest of us do. Uh-huh. But um, like, I, I get that the idea is like, you know, some NPCs may like appear in like different chapters of the story and, and that kind of thing. Does that mean also, though, that our player characters might turn up in other things as well, like as younger or older versions of themselves? Or have you not thought that far ahead? Like, but could that happen? I don't think Arnie will be an older there version. There is no older version of Arnie about, I'm afraid well, to say. Fair. Unless, unless we end up with a character who's a necromancer. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Serena's next <laughs> character is actually a necromancer. And... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just manifesting that into, into the DM headspace. I absolutely have plans to uh, revive Omatine and Caliph at some point. Like, can they just be running a tavern somewhere over time, Caleb and Barbie, and it's called, like, the Wolven Storm or something? And it's just really cute. I'm not sure Barbie would make it, because Caleb and Overtine are going to live till oh, no. hundreds of years, and Barbie's lifespan is, you know, orcish, that's so true. nowhere near as long. Oh, that's really sad. Okay, well, Omatine and Caleb are running a tavern called the Wolven Storm, and our new characters in the future at some point. Um, bump in to like, like go there and see them. Watch this space, everybody. I absolutely don't want to rule that out. Yay! Okay, fun. I like it. I like it. I also love the idea that like Kayleth is still doing the occasional like spoken word, like performance when she's like super super old, but it's now just really really lame because she's like way out. She's it's like the equivalent of performing, I know, music from the eighteen twenties. Or something like it's not, it's not I mean, that still happens. Like, That's go, a to good the, point. like yeah, go to yeah. the summer at the proms or anything like that, you know. <laughs> good point. But can you imagine people performing like spoken word in 200 years' time? Yeah, can you imagine people performing like plays like Shakespeare in like 200 oh, years? Oh, yeah. wait. No, I feel like it's more like some like crappy like punk band that had like a one hit wonder in the 1970s who still get together for reunion tour yeah. in 2021 and That's are like, what I mean. yeah. come on, guys, this is still, you know. I feel like maybe more that kind of thing. I don't think Caleb is Shakespeare level. I mean, we never wow. got to hear any of her uh, her performances, but no, like she could definitely be performing the ballad of Barbara and Caleb two hundred years in the future. It's like an elf Sappho just chilling in her not an island, but in her tavern, just writing. Ah, oh, I love it. And on that note, <laughs> yeah. So, and any other DM questions, players? I feel like it's hard to know what to ask because I definitely have several, but I'm sure, you know, some of them are going to come up in the other chapters. Like, I have a lot of questions about the shadow monsters, but, like, I feel like that's to come up, you know. Yeah. yeah here's a nice softball for you, Hannah. Who's the woman with all the weird scars? 
Oh, the woman with all the weird scars, the red-headed one. Gosh, I don't know. Throw away character. Certainly it isn't on the art. Um, no, this is an NPC I do want to know about. An NPC I do want to know about is did Oni have any genuine shot with the barkeeper? I was about to ask the same question. <laughs> I mean, no, obviously not. <laughs> he had no chance. Like, barring his terrible charisma modifier, but like, you know. Well, I kind of do. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever played like Stardew Valley or something. No. But the I kind of follow the same sort of NPC rules of you interact with them, you get some friendship points, the friendship point moves up. Um, and actually, you know, sort of tracking the conversation that Arnie had with her, she was finding him quite charming. So I feel like Aww. Arnie may have had a, a legit shot with her if he hadn't, you know died he also then like massively put his hand in his mouth by um confronting uh no she's confronting scar lady and like he did blow it he yeah. did blow she, it she just it. basically told him to bugger off and yeah then he went and rescued his honor but reparations yeah. could have been made but he did real die yeah, yeah. real hard yeah yeah all right, guys. So uh, if there's n no more questions, we can uh, give everyone a little sneak peek into what's going to be going on in season two. Anyone want to give a little overview of what we've been playing so far? Oh, that's your job as DM. Oh, yeah. no, you guys can tell them. Well, I think this is, is it slightly inspired by a random character that I created for you that you never got to use? So should I maybe start? Yeah, go. Okay, so I have a problem where I obsessively create characters on D&D Beyond in my spare time. Not a problem. Well, you know, there's not been a lot to do at various points of COVID restrictions. Um, uh, and so one of them that I created, Hannah then sent me a message being like, I'm really struggling for character ideas for one of her other games. So I sent her a broad outline of what will be my character in the next chapter. And I think you really liked it. And then it kind of seemed to fit with some of your other ideas. So we sort of grew out of that. So, uh, yeah, for chapter two, we're all, we're all gladiators, which is fun and a bit different. Going back to fantasy Rome. Yeah, we are, yeah we're playing gladiators in fantasy Rome. Yeah. For, the, for the listeners, if I haven't mentioned it before, I'm a classicist. So it's like going home for me. Hella <laughs> <laughs> cheesy. Yeah, so we've been playing we've been playing that. We've already got about six episodes recorded, I think, and we're about to record some more. Yeah, so Alex is playing a uh, Hexblade Warlock in that. Yeah, I'm doing that thing where I'm a warlock, but I don't take Eldritch Blast. Ha ha ha, screw you people who think that's the best spell ever. You're so edgy, Alex. I know I'm so edgy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we 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 all have we all have proper spells this time, except none of us took your wounds. Which is really dumb. <laughs> Serena is playing the ultimate skills monkey. Oh yeah, I have so many languages. I'm a rogue. Yeah, uh, but we have no healing and also literally no wisdom. Like none of us have any wisdom, so it's bad. Uh, I think the group have a negative wisdom modifier. Yeah, we have two zero wisdom modifiers and a negative two. I rolled some good stats, everyone. Yeah, and Simon is playing an uh, a elemental no he's playing a fire genasi who could crush you with her bare hands she's a badass but she also has some issues we are using 
D&D Disabilities Chronic Pain Tables, which you can hear a bit more about um, in the first episode of Season 2. Also, very big, exciting news. We are moving to a fortnightly schedule rather than every week. And the reason for that is I am Mego Prego. It's a medical term. It's a magical term for what happens when a lady looks like a little tiny bowling ball. Um, Yep, me and Alex are expecting our first baby in uh, December slash January time. So we have made the decision to release content a little bit more slowly so that I can take a little bit of time off after that um, and not have no content to release. Did that make any sense? Yeah. I think it's pretty reasonable to not want to, you know, DM with a, like, one-week-old child. So, you know, I think we'll allow you a break, Hannah. Yeah, m- more than anything, I don't want to have to edit out, like, baby crying from like, <laughs> a lot of the dialogues. So <laughs> it's just to preserve audio integrity. Yes, we're very, very excited. I think we're hoping for a ranger to balance the party a bit. I feel, like we, yeah, I feel yeah. like we need a, a cleric or some kind of healer in the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. You just get like a little, little med kit for the baby. Oh my god, a little baby baby first aid kit. Like not the, for using on the baby, but for the baby to use on other people. That would be adorable. They don't even have their medical degree yet, Serena. <laughs> you can still <laughs> learn first aid. First aid is everybody's duty. Wow. <laughs> The National Red Cross, everybody. <laughs> yeah, anyway, gang, so thank you for bearing with us while I cook a human in my uterus. And on that note, here is a sneak preview of season two. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, today their debut position in the penultimate match of the day. Thaler, Lavana, and Toby. Hi, I'm Simon, and I play Thaler, the Fire Genasi Eldritch Knight. Come on, don't get too distracted. This is the only time we're allowed to have any fun, right? In that case, I would like to superhero slide down the mountain. Motherfuckers. Hi, I'm Serena. I play the Verna, the human arcane trickster. Can I create cast my relation to make a pig that will run around? As my priest, as he always said, there is a strong connection between depression and demonic possession. Which one have you got? No, she's she's furious. She can't get words out right now. Hi, I'm Alex, and I play Tobias, the Dumphia Hexblade Warlock. Toby just sort of chuckles a little bit and hand, holds his hand out to the side and a blade drops into his hand as if from nowhere. Tobias is shrouded in shadows as it just makes its way up his body and then the shadow disappear and he is invisible. One day, you and me are going to fight in the arena and I'm going to suck your fucking blood. Tonight is going to be my last fight. I need you to keep this safe. It's from before the collapse. You've got to get it back to my clan. Faila, you've got to do one better than me. You've got to live. One more favour, one more favour. It's a weird one. I've been here 40 years. Where do the bodies go when we die? Where are they taking them? Have you ever noticed that? 